You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, so we're a bit late today, um, Sid Talk. And I, I blamed it all on you on Twitter. I said, uh, uh, podcast is late today. At Sid Talk, email her with a Oh, because I have a life. And that one day difference of something love, else. Yeah, you yeah. love the complaint. You love getting oh, yes. email complaints. Love it, love it. So, um, yeah, we're a little bit late. But we did, we'll be a little bit late next week too, right? Mm-hmm. Same time, probably. Yeah. Or will it... Is it... It could be on Sunday. I mean, it depends what time I come home. So, right. we'll see. I'm going out with my friends, but... So um, you're holding the show up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can send complaints to SidTalk at SidTalk.com. I don't know if you know me very well. I don't like constraints. And so, you know, we, we truck along on this show every week, same time, same day. And occasionally other plans might inch in there. So, things that give me lots of pleasure and enjoyment. So complaints to you. Because mm-hmm. uh, you need to be complained about Oh, I think you can do that. You got, you can have the full reins on that. All right, so it's Monday, October the thirtieth, two thousand and eleven. Hmm. What, what is it that you don't like about that? <laughs> I know, just because you didn't say nineteen hundred and ninety nine. You didn't say nineteen hundred and eighty six. But now you say two thousand and eleven. It was nineteen ninety nine. It's twenty eleven or two thousand eleven. I like two thousand and eleven better. I know, but some people—it's a split camp. I think I've never looked into it, but I have a feeling there are people like me who are really irritated about two thousand and eleven, and there are people like you who just when we watch British TV, Big Brother specifically, or, or anything where they've got a contest and they have to say the date, they always say yeah. two thousand and eleven, and it might be proper. I don't know, but it sounds really irritating compared to maybe the it's fact just the way those Brits say it. Yeah, but why didn't you say 1985? Because I hear 2011 a lot when I hear Americans mm-hmm. say the. I don't hear Americans ever say 2011, do you? Yeah, I heard oh, it the other day. And I told you, we'd had this discussion, and you were like, oh, but that's right, or whatever. I think and then right. on the radio, almost two days later, somebody said 2011, and the woman in the studio said, why do you say that? And she said exactly what I just said to you. Remember back in the 19... 19- Hundreds? We didn't say 1995, did we? And he was like, uh, no, I guess not. So I guess, you know, it's just a split camp. And how do you like your new computer? I love it. I haven't had a chance to do anything with it so far, but uh, it's quieter, I think. As I said last week. Now that I think about it, it's not quieter. No, I can it hear is. It. It's quite a lot, bit, quite a lot quieter. Well, I, well. Um, as I said last week, uh, I rebuilt your computer. You did. Um, got a new, um, you smoothed it up. Core processor new motherboard new uh lots yeah of- i bought it and you installed it for me which is the hard part but and I uh redid windows and all that because my hard drive my motherboard was saying there was no hard drive when in fact my hard drive was fine the sata ports on your other motherboard after six years of service six de- years okay decided- I say, how long have i had that well i had it first then you had it so it's about six years which is pretty good for a computer time for an upgrade but i haven't used it much yet so we'll see i love it i mean i love all the Anything that makes it quieter would be my first priority. And then smooth and lots of The side effect is you don't have a CD burner anymore. Because uh, new motherboards don't have IDE ports and you have an IDE burner from some time ago. So you need to get a SATA burner. But I said to you, you probably don't need one. I've got three burners and you've got a laptop burner. Yeah. Yeah, so. And you couldn't give me one of yours? I use all of those burners, funnily enough. So Mm -hmm. no. They've each got a different... um, 
One of them is like the workhorse, because I do a lot of burning of CDs, as you know. One of them's another for something specific, very specific. It's a specific kind of burner. And one of them's a Blu-ray burner. So, um, they're very specific. All right, so... That's a boring uh, subject. <laughs> All right, so it's Monday, October the 10th, 2011. Just 2011. Just 2011. How about just 2011? Because it sounds like the future. <sighs> you know, like... 2001, A Space Odyssey. That's what they call that movie. 2001. No. 2000. Are you sure? yeah. It's just the number. So it's yeah. Well, I, everybody you want to says say. it says 2001. It doesn't make it right to me, but that's fine. Anyway, this is after the show, 193. And the movie we're looking at this week is Horrible Bosses on Blu ray. This is a 2011 movie released on Blu ray. It's like automatic that you say it even. You don't, you don't even think it, and yet my mind is always just sneaks right in there. <laughs> I don't even know. What the it. hell? Uh, really, it releases on Blu ray tomorrow, um, the 11th of October, 2011. <laughs> Oh my god, now that I've drawn attention to it, it's going to from be... A, it's from our friends at Warner Brothers. We looked at the Blu-ray edition, which is called the Totally Inappropriate Edition. We watched the Totally <laughs> Inappropriate Edition. It also contains the theatrical edition. This one's about ten minutes longer, I think. Oh, right. Um, and the tagline... Mostly to do with Jennifer Anderson, I'm imagining. I'm not sure. In fact, let me be very... Let me be... Why don't you change that from one minute? You, me, he's got his computer set so that the screensaver comes on in one minute. Oh, his computer's Three doing minutes. the recording. Oh, is it? Because it seems pretty fast. Right. And then you always turn around to wiggle it. So My screen burns it. in quite quick, so I have it on pretty quick. Um, so the theatrical version is 98 minutes, and the extended cut is 106 minutes. So there you go. Eight minutes longer. That's pretty good, considering Fast Five last week was one minute longer. Yeah. Uh, so, the eight minutes of more raunchy material. Uh, the tagline for this movie is, Ever wish your boss was dead? Which <laughs> actually totally fits the movie. Um, and you are going to give us the synopsis of this movie. First, my question is, why is it in this world that jobs have to suck? Why is it? I realize to get a lot of things done sometimes, and this alludes to the movie. People in power and whatnot, they've got successful businesses, and so they, but they're assholes, right? And then everyone who works for them, like in this movie, gets treated like shit in order to what? Like, you make your living, and yet, for what? Why does it have to be miserable? Like, so in this movie, we've got three dudes, the bosses are horrible, they're friends with each other, and it's kind of wacky, kind of cartoony, but not. And it reminds me of Due Date a lot. Yeah. In the vibe of it, where you've got a lot of comedy, but then you've got the, like... Talking of screens going off quickly. <laughs> now, that is because I haven't adjusted my computer Correct. Yet, so I will adjust that. You now. were complaining my screen goes off quickly, <laughs> and just as that happens, your screen goes off. Yeah, but I have a next nice reason. You have to keep wiggling the mouse. I haven't adjusted mine yet since the new install, but that's what it is. Three dudes want to do away with their... Horrible really bosses. horrible bosses and, and horrible. but that makes you just think like in life why 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 does the head of a law firm have to treat everybody like shit just because he's a successful businessman or do asshole people just seem to make their way to the top because they just kick and grind people down to where i don't know what it is but why why is it we all say everyone says it 
I work in a restaurant. It sucks. I work in an office. It sucks. I work in a factory. It sucks. Minus the fact that you have to go there, somewhere there and spend some your time who like when instead of doing what you want in life. But you have to make money to make a living, right? But why does that eight hours or 12 hours in my case... My job doesn't suck, by the way. I actually really like it. But I'm just saying I've had shitty jobs. And if you go up the food chain in my job, there are some asshole people I've heard. And Why? Why do you have to... You know, I just don't get it. So, um, this is, like you said, a wacky comedy. Um, pretty wacky. It has wackiness and then it's really grounded in reality stuff too. So, yeah. it's, it's a good combination. It doesn't really have a... Um, it's, it's not trying to do anything like Apato stuff where it's like goes into no. a... No. Um, doesn't seem like it. But then not really. The... Not really. It's just kind of wacky. Almost... Reminded me a lot of, like, Hall Pass that we saw recently. In fact, Jason Sudeikis, who's in both mm-hmm. of them. Um, that kind of raunchy. Yeah. Raunchiness to it. And I don't know if the totally inappropriate edition is way more raunchy, but I'm assuming it yeah. is. Because there are some... It's all Jennifer Aniston, really, when you think about it. And it's good. It's good. Some vile good. language, some sexual um, <laughs> material. Um, the first, like, 15 minutes or so... I was kind of like, I'm not sure where this is going, whether I'm going to like this. Um, I wasn't enjoying it at all. Oh, really? Because I didn't know where the... I'd not read that tagline, for instance. I didn't know where the meat of this movie was going to go. Why do you need to know that beforehand? To enjoy it. You don't, but I'm just explaining. Right. So, I didn't know where the meat of the movie was going to go. I thought it was just going to be kind of wacky, like office space around the workplace wackiness. And I was hoping it wasn't that, because we've seen it before, right? And in this case, these three distinct different things flipping between them. I didn't know how that was going to work. But then when I real, Because you don't realise at the beginning that there's a link between all these people. When, once you realise there's a link between those... I enjoyed it a bit more. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't even... I really enjoy it. I mean, from the minute it started, I was Yeah, like, I didn't. I was rolling my eyes a bit at the beginning, thinking, this isn't my type of humor. Yeah, but it was... Okay, to me, and I'm not trying to be condescending, but it was really obvious to me that these three men were obviously either friends or brothers or something to me. Right, I didn't. I have no clue. I mean, I had no clue from what they said. It would just seem like, oh, right, 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 because we've got to, you know, put the pieces together. I mean, right. I just... No, I, did, I wasn't... Thinking ahead or anything. I wasn't I either. It just seemed like, right, right. So these right. dudes were going to... And I, in my mind, I thought we're going to end up with... Well, let's say that doesn't happen. It didn't happen for me. Right. Um, then I was like, I don't know where this is going. When I did realize that these three were... And the, there's obviously the tagline, ever want to wish your boss was dead. That scenario was going on. I was more into it. So, um, but yeah, some of it was a bit too over the top for me. Like I, A little I, bit. It's get- a bit like... Trying too hard. Yeah. Kevin Spacey, I thought, was a, trying too hard. Uh, not all the time, but there were yep. there were parts where I was like, oh my god, this is really... It's almost cringeworthy. Yeah, you want a borderline on believability. You want the boss to be somebody that you identify yep. with. Not oh, I've known that guy. Cartoon character. And he is a cartoony, bossy guy. M- most of the time, the things he says where you go, oh, right, well... They, they want us to hate him so much. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Spacey and Colin Farrell, um, obviously <laughs> um, both very cartoony-like. Um, Jennifer Aniston... Was better, I thought. I I, I I wanted to see more of her, and there was there was less of it. The thing about the patient doctor thing, though, that was really over the. That was just too much, really. 
I like unbelievable that. though. Yeah, unbelievable, but I liked the fact that she just didn't, didn't give, give a, a shit. shit. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and like whatever you know, she's a. Let's explain to the listeners. She's like a nymphomaniac. And she's a dentist. And uh, she's a dentist, and she. You know. I don't know if she's a nymphomaniac. I mean, she just wants to screw this one guy. We don't know anything else about her. I don't think she just wants to screw this one guy. She. This yeah, but you don't know. Guy. There's no. She's, there's no. She's sexy, sexy, all the, you know. And then she does. Yeah. Later. Yeah. yeah. But still, I don't know. That's what I got from her. I mean, she just and and yeah, this you don't this you've never seen Jennifer Aniston like this. I mean, she has some really awesome dialogue. Yes. Like yes. Just, I have a whole new. I mean, I liked her. The first scene, I didn't even realize it was her. I swear to God. As I'm looking, I'm thinking, oh, she's, this is awesome. Like, who is that? And then in the next moment, she's talking to like, wow. And I loved it. I mean, I loved everything she did, except that you do cross that, like, oh, come on, just rein it in a little. Like, with the writing the or whatever. The go cartoony with all yeah. three of them. But then you but just buy so it. less so with her, I think. Yeah, you just buy it. And what you're ultimately doing, if there's a character in the world like that, you're really making fun of them, and that's fine. So I just kind of had to go there with it, you know? Yeah, and there are, you know, they, they're just completely over the top. Even the cover, just, the cover. They're like caricatures them. of real asshole kind of people, but tuned up, like, magnified yeah. super, super. Um, but they were all funny. I just, there was just parts, like you said, with the Jennifer Aniston, Colin Farrell, and with um, Kevin Spacey, where I was like, uh, you could have done that a bit better, or that's just, it's just too ludicrous. Yeah, I have a hard time hating you, because you're almost too, like, farcical. bozo. Like, you're acting yeah. like a bozo kind of thing, you know? Yeah, because there's a thing that Kevin Spacey does, which I didn't see coming in the movie. And oh, when, yeah. <laughs> and when he does it, it changes the whole movie. Absolutely. Um, But, it, it's... Also handled farcically, but yep. there again, it's a farcy kind yeah. of movie. But yeah, there were parts where I was kind of like, "Well, I probably wouldn't have done it that way." I don't, you know, it just seems. And some of the dialogue that came out of Kevin Spacey, you could tell he was just yucking it up, having a laugh. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a comedy. That's the idea, isn't it? But sometimes it goes a little bit too out there. It's hard to put your finger on the thing. So when you're watching it, oh, I, I'll time. tell you to put your finger on the on the thing perfectly. <laughs> is Put your finger on my thing. That's Jason what... Bateman is perfect at doing comedy for me. Absolutely. Because he um, he's funny, but he's the straight man, right? He usually plays the straight man if he's a, mm-hmm. a, a bunch of people. In this, he is the straight Except man. Except in Smoking Aces. <laughs> We're like the alcoholic lawyer guy with the bunny oh, yeah, suit. Yeah. <laughs> but in, the, in this, he plays the straight man. and But playing the straight man's often the funniest man. Like... Like, the, the guy who I don't know his name, the middle guy, he's like the overtly wacky guy, right? I mean, he says silly things, he's loud, he's brash. Whereas Jason Bateman's the opposite. But I find the Jason Bateman stuff that he says to him funnier than what he's saying. Absolutely. So, and I think Jason Bateman's pitch perfect every single time I watch him. Like, in Extract or this. Um, I just like his style. It's dry, it's... It's, I don't know, it's... He's, he doesn't do the Kevin Spacey thing. He never goes over the top. He just stays, like, grounded. He's a little over the top in Paul with some of the things that he had to say. Yes, but that, that, that character was a cartoon character in Paul, pretty much, wasn't it? He yeah, was but the same, that's what, same thing implies, that there were certain dialogue things that he had to say that were just too... But still... You're, he, like, eh, you're pushing it, even though that movie's crazy, too. But yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I... I 
you know. I really like Jason Bateman. Yeah, if if there's anybody who's even this um, guy who's new to me from the from that one hall pass, Jason Sudeikis, mm-hmm. even he plays a good and is is stuff. He's a straight man, but there's hidden smooth oddness, yeah. yeah, to him. Like, but I, I think he plays, and he did in this, and he did Absolutely. in all that similar characters, but you know. Um, but yeah, Jason Bateman is was the... Was he in Hall Pass or was it the guy from uh, The Office? No, he was in Hall Pass, Sudakis. This is the first time I'd ever seen him. Right. But like, he's super famous. Like, he's a right, right. live dude and all that. Um, but Jason Bateman, for me, is the one out of all of this ensemble cast that keeps it grounded. Keeps it grounded, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know. But yeah, we're talking a wacky comedy here. We're talking... Along the lines of a Farrelly Brothers or whatever, just outrageous, filthy dialogue, um, crazy adult antics. comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? You know, I mean, a plot to kill three people isn't exactly. You know, you've got to like treat it one way or the other, right? It's either got to be deadly serious or like throw them from the train, as they mentioned. No, I love I how they mention lots of movies. I love <laughs> that. I really do. I think that. In fact, in the deleted scene, where. Um, there's, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a line in the movie where one of them says something and he says it's from a movie and the guy's like I've never heard it uh, Jason Bateman's like I've never heard that in a movie no it doesn't exist and then he goes is it a movie now looks yeah. at the camera and, the <laughs> and I said to you that would have been awesome in the movie but then it would have changed the entire yeah, exactly. movie exactly. then you're like you're beyond farce you're like oh okay that's, breaking the yeah, wall yeah. Yeah. but it was a really awesome line because it obviously it seemed it well like, it was ad-libbed wasn't it it is now yeah um, so I liked it, but it wasn't 100% successful. And a lot of these kind of comedies, I find out, Hall Pass was also the same. I'm not... Like I say, the first 15 minutes, I wasn't digging it so much. I got into it a bit more further on. But I wouldn't... I don't understand that. I don't know what you mean. Like, what What are you saying? Like, they have to just slam you in the face with every single thing right up off the bat? No, or... I, just, I just didn't... You the had no idea. The opening scenes, I thought, were clumsily done. I, d- I didn't like the introduction of the bosses so well I would have done it differently that's what I was saying to you I thought they were really good I mean I was into it and and, you know you you can see a movie differently so I can obviously yeah I get that but I'm just saying I don't know how was it because of your expectations no because I don't even know what this movie is I'd never heard of it to be honest right so I had no well you did say you thought it might be like an extract or an office space no I said Kevin Spacey's in it I like him that was all I did because I saw the cover no, you said you thought well, be, you know, it'd be some kind of take up on, you know, the workplace that wasn't kind me. of thing. You just said it a few minutes ago. You did, and then you said, "But I didn't want it to be that because it's kind of been done already." So, so that. To oh me was, no, I was saying when it started, not from just looking at the box. Yeah. Right. Right. I get you. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't see this box and think it was any. I, I, I can kind of tell it's a comedy just from looking at the box, just with the colors and stuff. But I don't know why that is. But yeah. I, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it at all. I, I wasn't laughing, first off, and that's a sometimes a troublesome sign for me if I'm watching a comedy and I'm not laughing because it's usually means that. But you don't laugh a lot. No, I, I'm not talking about laughing out loud, like laughing at the screen. I'm talking about actually finding stuff funny. So not laughing, but finding it funny. <laughs> yeah, I like to call it the way I laugh. I don't laugh out loud. Um, I laugh inside, right? Okay. I've never heard this philosophy, but okay. Yeah, well, I do. Like, I don't... Um, I wouldn't sit in the cinema going, ah, ha, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. But inside, I find things funny, right? But I, I can... 
I'm never going to do that. You know, the, like the person who sits in the row and laughs at the screen. Never going to do that. But I'll find it funny, and I know it's funny inside, right? Well, the first 15 minutes, I wasn't finding much funny. It was clumsy. I was, I was saying it just seemed... I had to get over the fact that it was super cartoonish. Yeah. And once I did, and then I was like, okay, it's a journey with these dudes, these three dudes. It's kind of like, a, it goes into this little... Um, Heist kind of. I was gonna, that's what I was about to say. Heist, like a a caper of some kind with these three dudes. Once it got into that, I was enjoying it more because there were some funny scenarios breaking into the people's houses, the bosses' houses. Colin Farrell kind of made me laugh the most out of them because of that character. And when he said, when they broke into Colin Farrell's house and said, "It's like being in the mind of a of an asshole," because <laughs> he's absolutely because his whole house was just. Obnoxious, yeah, like horrible. obnoxious. And I said, that's probably the brief to the set designer. Look, <laughs> we just want to feel like you're walking into the mind of an asshole. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and it was. But obnoxious. yeah, it wasn't 100% a success for me. Well, like some comedies, I love the whole length and breadth of them, like Anchorman, for instance. Office Space. Yeah, like it's funny start to finish, and I, I'm always with it. Like, I, like from the opening scene, I'm with it. Um, this one, I, I wasn't. But I can say at the end, I was glad I watched it because I did yeah, have yeah. a laugh. But I don't think it's one of them that you would watch over and over again. I really don't. I think that you should. And I think you'll find more humor now that you've gone through the whole thing. I really do. I actually compare it to something like Extract. And not for the obvious, just because Jason Bateman's in both of them. But Extract also had that effect on me. Hit like, like I'd loved Office Space and Mike Judge made Extract. And I was like... Expectations. It's another workplace movie with, um, you know, Mike Judge making it. And then we watched it and it was all right. And we we said in the review, it was just okay. Like, but there wasn't enough of the workplace, which is what made the original, what made Office Space funny. Right. With this one, it was like that for me. Like it was, it was on the, uh, the level of extract. What I'd say about extract is it's funny. I don't really want to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Ever. Like, it was fine that one time. Jason Bateman was good in it. The story was just alright. It wasn't that good. It was funny in parts, right? That's what this is. And it's hard to... Some people might find this think this is the funniest thing ever, right? But yeah. From to me, it's not. To me, it's not. I don't know about you. Did you find, think it was the funniest? No. I don't even know what's the funniest movie ever, but I'm just... I enjoyed if it. If you had a scale of 1 to 100 on funny of this movie, what would you give it? Oh, I just think you have to pick every single joke and rate it on that. Overall, I don't know. I, I mean, think. just overall. Was it... Was you... I had a good time. So, I don't know. Is it, it's pretty throwaway, though. That's how I... That's what I get. Like... Um, I don't know if it's throwaway, even. I think I would watch it again to go... Because now I know how everything goes to go back... And just watch them. I, I would watch it again, yeah. Right, so polarizing views, which is good. <laughs> no, you didn't hate it. No, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but it's really... Mm. Maybe it's your mood? You know how we've talked about mood can really affect your... No, it's not mood, because I was... I did... I was looking forward to watching a movie, and like this... I... It just wasn't... It didn't hit my funny bone as much as yeah, I wanted yeah. it to. In fact, some movies really do. Due Date was one of them, um... I just there was lots of funny dialogue and lines, whereas in this one, it was a good little bit great in parts. Like um, whoever the guy is in the middle, mm-hmm. he kind of got on my nerves sometimes. 
Wow. There's just too much of him, like, you know? Oh, no, I liked him a lot. Right. Because I felt like he was sort of the more innocent, kind of like, you know, I don't know, he was... It's pretty slapsticky, his stuff, you know? It's physical comedy a lot. Yeah. I've never been mega fan of that sort of stuff. So it's, it, I don't know. It's it's really... <laughs> for me, it's a one-viewing... there's loads of people you'd recommend it to. Loads of people Yeah, just to really see these uh, actors who you know and love, probably yucking it up because they don't generally I mean you don't see Colin Farrell doing this you don't the one thing that's missing for me and it's not in the comedy thing and it shouldn't be expected like I don't like to put any expectations on a movie but the one thing that's missing is there's no heart you know due date has a bit of a heart because the romance and trusting and that, like, that is love, something I like any yeah, apatoka you know apatoka. office space has that thing about living your life and you know there's a bit of a heart there there is and, no heart to this or no yeah exactly you could say no heart and not necessarily that much of a point to it it's just a, a scenario with some funny jokes right well the point is to point out that asshole bosses deserve to die <laughs> oh, that's not really a good point no that's not a good point and it's not really the point of the movie but I you know there's no underlying like funny people has a real heart to it and well, then maybe well, maybe every, that, maybe that is the thing. Knocked up has yeah, a really do. deep so, so heart to you it. Can, um, even pa- even Hall Pass has that marital romance and love heart about it. So maybe just, that's what I was saying yeah. when I came out of this movie. I didn't. T- I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away with it apart from maybe a few laughs, right? And nothing in those first 15 minutes endeared you to those people for any sort of like solid. I identify with this guy's. Things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they're all cartoonish. Like I said, even Jason Bateman playing a straight-ish guy, they get into ludicrous situations almost immediately. Yeah. Which are fairly, you know, not something you would... I mean, they well, that's go... that's a fantasy sequence. Let's say that? they go from zero to a hundred. Yeah. With their little plan. Immediately. Yeah, right? it is. And it's kind of like, whoa, real, whoa, whoa. Okay, we're just watching it. And then there's a Jamie Foxx thing, which that's the only thing that got on my nerves. Because I thought, oh, that just doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't no. make sense at all. I mean, but, it, was, it was... But I was already there with the in wackiness. Fa- in fact, Jamie Foxx's whole story arc thing, what they do mm-hmm. with him. It, it exists just so Jamie Foxx can play that I felt part. like that, yeah. Yeah, that's what I did. Like, it would be hilarious to have Jamie Foxx... Yucking it up as Oh, well. I don't think that was the idea, but I'm saying... I mean, oh, it would be hilarious having XYZ actor guy, whoever does that role, doing no, I something I don't feel funny. like that. I feel like it was, who are these three guys, want to do this thing? How would three middle-class dudes go about it? Oh, yeah, we've got to stick something in there, because they're, you know, the original part of their plan. Oh, yeah, this is what they do. That's where I thought it was coming from, but you could have skipped over that. And had them and where it actually went with the Jamie Foxx character, it was just whatever. Like it didn't even make sense at all. But I was already in it and accepting the wackiness, and then I just went joke to joke and scene by scene, and enjoyed loads of it. Let and me so, say it's not highbrow. Plus, at all, I've had a boss for the last twenty five years of different ty- bosses, and I do understand. So maybe that's nothing. Never had a boss like any of these. No, no, no. I just mean. There's always somebody lurking in a higher position than you who, either by legend, which is one of my cases now, or by your personal experience, is a dickhead, right? 
And then my thing comes up of why? Why do you? Why is it that way? And then I kind of identify more. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'd have almost enjoyed this more if the bosses were less cartoonish yeah. and more real dickheady, like the guy in Office Space. Absolutely. Okay. You know. Mm, yeah, because he's you not. You can relate total... to him because yeah, he's absolutely. not. He's not ridiculous. He's just a guy who has a certain way about him, which would piss you off all the time. Yeah, but Whereas you could these keep the are, psycho guy. You know, the Kevin Spacey could still be uh, just a psychopath who's, you know, obviously jealous and hateful. You could keep him, but also, and I don't want to have sympathy for any of the bosses or anything, but a little more glimpse of who they are, maybe a hint of why, and then... Yeah, you get no backstory you know, to them at all. Do you? Little, time. Oh. Only Kevin Spacey, really, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, really nothing hardly at all. So like, you don't... Well, a little bit of backstory to Colin Farrell as well about mm-hmm. his father and stuff, but nothing that will... You know. It's not... Well, I guess what we're talking about is it's not 100% formulaic, which should be a good thing. Because we're adding on all these little rules that they should be following to make us entertained, and yet they're not, and that should be a good thing. Yeah, uh, well, it, but in this case, it's not for me. I think if you took it like I did, one thing at a time, it really it does have a lot of laughs. Um, but it is missing that sort of foundation of caring whether or not these guys... The only one I cared about was actually the chemical company. And not because of the character we're connected to. The guy, you know, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is his boss. But I'm like, yeah, that's like a real company and there are lots of people who have jobs there. Yeah, a little like my, a, a normal my, place. Yeah, my mind kind of wandered to that. And Whereas Jason thinking, Bateman's place was like this, you know, like a super high-tech stock exchange type place yeah, where and, you don't really relate to. And you probably also had the thought of, as they do address it in the movie, just fucking quit. Yeah. And then they all come to the realization, maybe we can't. But then you're, you're kind of in that camp. Like, well, just get another job, you know, so... And then that their friend who comes along, that's also extremely wacky, which didn't fit to me at all either. Nope. And then, you know, so no, I understand what I you're saying. Yeah. But you have to lump it together and say, I'm going to accept the wacky you do. weirdness. You've got to really throw, like, you got to go, because there are some situations that happen where you're like, really, why are they doing this? Why the hell are they doing Why would you go from that yeah. to this? <laughs> You know, it, and I mean, are, I did like the shocking thing. I loved that. Yeah, but I was like, oh, there's a lot of like, why are they doing this now? Like, this they're gonna get caught. I mean, they yeah, don't, yeah. they're not even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is a lot of that um, where it's a silly comedy. You just have to throw all that out. That's the window. what I'm saying. Yeah. So um, moving it's, on to the cast, and it's well made. Yeah, it is. Moving yeah. on to the cast, Jason Bateman plays Nick Hendricks. Like, I think is my favorite part of the movie, to be honest. But I do favor his humor. I like. I was kind of mesmerized by. Uh, talking of um, Jason Bateman, um, Arrested Development's coming back after all these years because of fans like Arrested Development. Um, Never watched one single episode. I have on. Uh, they were free on some on some streaming service when streaming first came out, so I ended up watching a few episodes. It's pretty funny. You'd probably like it. Um, it's coming back after all these years because fans have said like, "Why? How many? Has it only been like two years? Eight years, maybe nine years? Really? Yeah." Yeah, really. Right. Um, they did three seasons of it back then, and now they're coming back with it. So uh, I think that's a big deal for Arrested Development people who've. It's one of those shows where it got cancelled, and then fans were always like, the DVDs sold really well, right. and fans were always wanting more of it. So they're going to get more of it. Um, yeah, and I think he's really good. I mean, 
I'm yet, I've yet to find a film with Jason Bateman in it. That I don't we like. can say there's not a lot of stretch between the different things he does. No. Um, but but he does what, that well. the way he does it, yeah. Even Juno, you know, he's even he's not wacky at all, but he kind of pushes the straight man. But he's almost the, the same guy edge. in everything. Like Juno all... is more of a stretch, and Smoking Ace is obviously yeah. he's, he's like like <laughs> whacked out a little bit. But yeah, I I find him quality in most things. Absolutely. Like he has the like a presence of some kind that you just think, wow, this guy knows how to act or just knows how to be himself and it just I think turns he knows out how to do the thing, yeah. Casual, you know, relaxed about delivering lines. Um, so then you've got Jason Sudakis as um, Kurt Buckman. Second time I've seen him. I'm sure most people have seen him thousands of times, but second time I've seen him. And I agree. I think he has a presence as well. And when he delivers his lines and when he does everything, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I he really is, like him. He is really, you know... I can't deny it. He's a good, <laughs> funny slash weird straight man. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Because he always has this weird... little hidden thing going on, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Jennifer Aniston as Dr. Julia Harris. Um, what about their other friend? He's called Charlie Day. He's okay. At the end. I put him last because I didn't. when I wrote this down, I didn't know who he was. And I, I, like right. I said, I didn't know who he was at the end of the movie. I mean, I didn't know his name. Right, right. But anyway, we'll do him first. Charlie Day is Dale Abkus. I... Really liked him personally I, because I, I felt like that. he was in a situation that was kind of outrageous anyway, and he is obviously wants to be the nice. He wants. To, he said one of my thing favorite thing about his character was when he when you meet him is his whole life when he was a boy, people ask him what do you want to do when you grow up, and he just wants to be a husband. Yeah. and I just think that's a really awesome thing, and that really is. He loves his fiance, and this sexual predator woman is like on him, and he does it. I think he's really good. I think that there was just parts that for me were great in like, and it was specifically like I think he was trying too hard. Yeah, to right stick around his, the middle where he was in the cab. Ad libbing. Yeah, a yeah. lot of it. Like, and they used if they did a lot of ad libbing, they used a lot of him. The music in the car thing was hilarious though when his seat was going yeah. up and down. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jennifer Aniston plays the crazy Mesmerizing. dentist. Yeah, she um, really is. I was totally hooked. It's really funny, though. I mean, it's, like, not what you'll expect from her. You've never seen the words that come out of her mouth come out of her mouth. No, and you'll never find a dentist, a hot, sexy dentist, who says these things or does these horrible things. That's why I kind of dug it, because it's just out there all the way. Then Colin Farrell plays Bobby Pellet (laughs) with the awesome sweep-across hairdo that he has. Um, You couldn't find a... Like, I don't know Colin Farrell, but he, he... Comes across to me in interviews and shit as an asshole in real life. <laughs> I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's a perfectly fine person. But he always comes across to me as he's a bit arrogant and... Full of himself a little. Well, this is that dialed up to like a thousand. Where know? they gave him free reign and they're like, holy shit, we've got Colin Farrell. Let him do what he wants. And he's a cokehead in this movie. Um, he's got a sweep across. He's, he <laughs> thinks he's, like Colin Farrell says in the extras, he thinks he's like it. Yeah, yeah. He's like... Fuck everybody. Yeah. Here I am, kind of thing. And that's exactly... He does portray it really well. And it's exactly right. So, like I said, if you dissect every joke and every character and look at it isolated, each thing is really good. Like, if you would put him, a wacky kind of character, in a movie that's all whacked out a little bit, kind of like Thunder... I hope forget the name of that. Not Days of Thunder. Blades of Thunder. No. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a wacky one, too. Yeah, that's one of those, but... 
thunder in the jungle with the blades of glory. That no, one was called. Yes. tropic thunder. Tropic thunder, where you are, you instantly know it's all going to be from the opening wacky, frame. crazy. His kind of character does fit, but there's this balance that they're not. I, I know what you're saying. So, but his character and the way he does it, it's. You're just like, oh my god, he's just wretched, like horrible. Yeah. Kevin Spacey plays Dave Harkin. Um, also self-absorbed, I believe, in the the way he, he does things. And when he did say um, in the extras that he did a movie called Swimming with Sharks, which happens to be one of my recommendations this week, um, this is kind of like a version of that character or a brother or something. Like a grown-up version. I agree. Because as soon as he walked in, I was like... Um, yeah. That... He's playing it like that guy, but with humor on it instead of drama. Yes. You know, because Kevin Spacey, when we were talking about actors that do a certain thing, Kevin Spacey, I believe, does Kevin Spacey. Like the there's heart. not a massive change. I mean, he'll do a goofy character like this, but it's Kevin Spacey, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't You're ever fully get fully aware that. constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah, it's one, he's one of those actors. I like him. I think he's really good. At, but yeah, I can never get out of my mind this Kevin Spacey. Um, apart from when it's like, what was it where he was super creepy? Seven? Seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that was a good... But there again, even Again, still, the same thing, yeah. 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 Um, and that's everybody I will put down. I've, did I miss somebody? We should have a website called Overrated or Genius... And you put these people up to the test. Morgan Freeman's, Kevin Spacey, Clint Eastwood. People who everyone goes, ooh. Clint and then Eastwood, you go, I do go, ooh. And then you go, <laughs> I know. But I'm just saying, I'm not knocking them. I'm saying, put it to the test. Think of every single thing they've done. And Are they just the say, same all the time? Right. Like and, Morgan Freeman, he's just the same all the time. was Robin De- Robert De Niro because, you know, in the 70s and 80s made movies that you just are truly mesmerized by the way he performs those characters and then as time goes on does it hold up is it is it you know you never know uh, jack nicholson and people like that you've seen them do things where you're just holy crap that's awesome and then and then they don't but everybody's got a, you know peaks and troughs yeah um did you say pigs and troughs peaks <laughs> So, uh, um, this is directed by Seth Gordon, who's a documentary filmmaker who made two awesome documentaries. First one being The King of Kong, the only video game documentary I've ever seen. Uh, brilliant documentary, did you not agree? Um, brilliant? Yes. It was good, it was entertaining. I don't uh, think it's and he also did the documentary uh, Freakonomics, which um, I don't believe you've seen. I watched it on Netflix. I have not seen it. You know what it's about. No. It's about food and um, economics. Right. Like big corporate people, how they control the food of the world. It was a famous book, but he did the documentary. Um, So he's a documentary filmmaker, not a feature film filmmaker. And this being his... He also did some TV shows, but this is big feature film. And he also was a dishwasher. No, it wasn't. Was it dishwashing, you said, was one of his early jobs? Yeah. His boss was an asshole. Yeah. And that he thanks that boss for... I like his style. I mean... Considering those documentaries, they're just, you know, documentaries are a certain thing. And, and this is very straightforward. There's no, there are a couple of, like, stunty things going look, on and um, stuff. I mean, it looks like a Hollywood yeah. comedy, like a Farrelly Brothers. I mean, they don't do it. None of these people do anything extraordinary in the realms of directing. Well, we but, don't, I don't want to say that, because the vibe you set up with the people and the 
whether or not you control everything they say or you give them free reign, that attitude does affect. This what was you're definitely saying. a free reign type of deal. Yeah. Do you feel like he was like, "Holy shit, that's Jason Bateman. That's Kevin Spacey. I shouldn't tell them." I imagine that anything, goes and on. that's where you're missing the. You're seeing what you're saying is like oh, it's a little self indulgent in that. And if he had said to them, "Let's try it again. Let's do it this well, way." Let's not let's be Kevin Spacey anymore. <laughs> Do you know, get what I'm saying? Though? It would take somebody with balls to say that. Absolute balls of steel. But, like, but, you know, to walk up to him and say, listen, I've seen Kevin Spacey in a million movies. We're trying to be something different. What director Let's would not do be that? Kevin Spacey. What director that you can think of? Would... A fired one? No, I mean, seriously, are there, is there anyone? That's what I'm saying. Clint well, Eastwood, yeah. as a director, could say to Kevin Spacey. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe even Iron Man director. He might have the vibe to be able to, t- 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 you know. So I'm getting at. I mean, this yeah. is like, you know. <laughs> but yeah, like I think he did a fine job of how it kind of thing. Yeah, it looks like a reasonably like a Hollywood movie, right? Like any other comedy you've seen. I mean, it's filmed well. It's it's framed well. Music's good. Sounds good, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, DVD, uh, Blu-ray extras in this case. Um, there are. Not a ton. Uh, a few. My least favourite career, which is like five minutes of the stars of the movie telling you about crappy jobs. They're trying had. to. But, but then most of them saying, oh, I'm not really at a bad... Uh, I've had bad bosses, but... Mm. Blah. And I said, they don't, I can't slander they, anyone. They basically all talk around the houses apart from one of them. Yeah, and they can't just say, oh yeah, when I worked on XYZ movie, that director was an asshole, because you yeah. can't really It's not like Spacey saying, when I worked on Seven, Fincher was a complete tosser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't burn no, your... No. Unless he was doing it sarcastically. Yeah, which he, he could pull Absolutely. Yeah. Um, surviving a Horrible Boss, which is, um, they discuss what makes a horrible boss. Um, being mean is so much fun. This is like Colin Farrell, Jennifer Aniston, Kevin Spacey reflecting on what it's like to be mean. They're very, very highly produced, packaged uh, things. The electronic press kit style. In this kind of movie, I would like that diary thing. Maybe an hour's worth of behind the scenes from start to finish. This is day one. This is a... You know, like that. I do enjoy that on some movies. You've got the making of the Horrible Bosses soundtrack. Which it says, composer Christopher Lennertz and director Seth Gordon brought together the ultimate super band. Uh, and deleted scenes, which include two alternate openings. I like which, the one that they picked. I like the one that they picked too, it just seemed... I mean, one of them is actually... I, I No, I take that back. You know what? The first alternate one, where they <clears> dig <throat> a little deeper and show you the chain... Of people working in a factory and a dude in a and restaurant. They show you some real like, looking people. They show you people. like a really old looking dude who's working in the, a shitty kitchen restaurant, and then some young manager guy with a clipboard looking down at him. And I think you would maybe get sucked in a little more emotionally, and that could have been the heart of the movie. Like if somebody would take my thing of like, why does every job have to suck? Like. It doesn't have to. And how they really open this movie is with Jason Bateman going to his posh office <laughs> yeah, and yeah. being pissed off because of he his hasn't boss. been yeah. senior vice president of something. Yeah, and it's, you're a bit, like, eh. it's a bit more like if you're that kind of person, maybe you'd, but you, an average person's never going to get yeah. grips with it. Yeah, so maybe that more grounded version of the opening would have been better. For but me, then you would never revisit that vibe. You have to no, revisit the thing all... about the people in the offices and the people at the workplace and the other dental hygienists also having to deal with the shitty boss and 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like, get a little more, just a little more, um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you would never revisit the normal type of vibe because all these three. Yeah. Even though the dentist assistant's kind of an average job. Well, it's not because she's like a really expensive, posh dentist, isn't she? So it's like all high swanky stuff. And his reason for not being able to get another job, that's also just, I don't know. There's a lot of. There's a lot of holes. I get it. I agree. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's it for extras. There is no commentary. There is no... Nothing else. Um, Well, it is one of the first Blu-rays to come with this new ultraviolet digital copy, which I mentioned to you earlier, but didn't mention to the listeners. What these companies have basically done is these digital copies over the years have been kind of um, throwaway. They expire after a year. So you get a digital copy with your Blu-ray, and then you unlock it with the code, and you put it on your iPhone... And then maybe a year later, you're in the car on a long journey and you're flicking through the movies on your phone and you're like, oh, let's watch Horrible Bosses. It's a year later and you click it and it says, sorry. While this, you're driving. Sorry. Well, your kid's watching it in the back seat. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, of course. Oh, let's say Shark Tale then. So you're watching Shark okay. Tale in the back because that's an older one. You click to your digital copy and it says, sorry, this expired. And you can't watch it. So that was the, that's how digital copies have gone. Is this your sales pitch for this ultraviolet thing? So ultraviolet digital <laughs> copy is... Um, they've teamed up with Flickster, which a lot of people will probably know because it's on Facebook. And I see a lot of people rating movies on Facebook through Flickster. So I'll see, oh, my friend has watched um, Horrible Bosses and he give it four stars on Flickster. And I see that a lot, Flickster. Um, so they've teamed up with Flickster... And it isn't just Warner Brothers, it's all a lot of these companies to let you have a digital copy that unlocks on the website. And the website is... I just look at my... Sales pitch inserted. <laughs> the, um, the website yes. is... I don't know. It's not oh, just ultraviolet? Ultraviolet.flickster.com. So right. it's like... Or if you just go to Flickster, you're going to find it. Oh, you it. go to Ultraviolet, you probably find it. Anyway, you get this thing called a digital locker. You don't get an extra disc with the digital copy on. You just get a code in the box. You go and type the code into this web page. And then, as far as they're saying, as long as this Ultraviolet service exists, you will have a copy of the movie there, ready to stream. Just like your queue on Netflix. Yeah, it's just a streaming copy, and there's also a download button if you want it permanently on your phone or on your tablet or on your laptop or wherever you want it. So the idea is you buy this disc, this movie, and then you have free access to a digital version online in forever. That doesn't expire, um, but you do have to unlock it before a certain date. Uh, and the date on this one, Horrible Bosses, is October the 11th, 2013. Okay. So, um... It's a pretty decent span of time also. So as long as you put the code in before that Well, not really. What if in 2015 that movie's in a discount bin and you buy it and you no longer get that access? Uh, Yeah, and and the the digital copy will probably only be in the first pressings of most of these like it always has been. Yeah, I get it. Once this goes past its first pressing, what happens with Blu-rays is they lose the slipcover and they lose the digital copy. That's always been the thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, not now, though. Maybe I mean, not now. You're paying for extras, some people are. So. But anyway, you buy this, as long as you put that code in before that date, you uh, get a copy that you can always watch. It's on a web page, so as long as you've got a web browser, you can see it. So I think it's a good idea, because we need to consolidate these digital copies, because how they work at the moment, or how they have worked, is bananas, because everybody does a different thing, every company. You don't know where you're at, you don't know when one's going to expire, when the other one is, you... 
I guess the only time you'd figure out the expire is when you try and launch it and it doesn't work. Is Flickster free? Yeah. So if I go on Facebook, go to Flickster. You you can make an watch account. Movies free. No. Right. It's it's a site where you rate movies and you don't write a review. No. Right. But now they've got the digital locker included in Flickster. Is there any place online or anything device that you can go on and just rent? Just yeah. pay three dollars to watch the latest Blu-ray version of a movie. Yes, uh, streaming. Yes. What Xbox Live? I know. No, I don't mean thing that you have to own something specific. I mean just like you turn it on. You don't have to own an Xbox. Maybe it's just online. Yeah. What? <laughs> um, there is. I mean Netflix. You can't Voodoo, even just... which right. you can watch on anything on a web browser on a. And yes, you can get the latest movies on there for like three or four bucks just to watch it one time, and that's yes. it. Right. There is... Um, oh, Amazon and IMDb. Yeah, they don't have the latest. But but individual... What I'm saying is, like, any place where you don't have to join monthly, like Netflix. Voodoo's one of them, I know that. And, um, obviously, if you do have an Xbox, etc., those have the latest. Because I feel, in the next ten years, the physical disc has to go away. It's I, think, just... I, I think it won't, because they want that money stream as well. Why? It's too... I just disagree. I think it'll go. Because there are people who always buy a disc. By maintaining an, an... Yeah, but not as much as you can from having a file sitting on a server, multiple files. I think there'll be both servers. always for, for... Well, until a new format comes in. Yeah, there. I disagree. I mean, the next format after Blu-ray, it might not be a disc. It might be as good quality as Blu-ray, but it comes down your broadband connection and you store it on a hard drive. It could be that kind of thing, you know? In fact, that's the way everything's going. So. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, th- this comes with that, and that's an extra feature. So, uh, in conclusion on this Blu-ray, I would have liked a um, commentary. I-, I still think commentaries should be... Even if you don't like the movie? Yeah, because sometimes I can appreciate it more with a commentary, oh, true, especially true. if it's like with the people who are in the movie, and then I get a bit more from it. And I, there have been movies where I've gone back to listen to the commentary... And enjoyed the movie more. Yeah, Daredevil's one of the classics where I watched all the extras and then I've liked it ever since. I hated it when I first watched it and then for some reason that turned me I personally think like a commentary is so easy for them to do nowadays. They can do it over the telephone, they can do it anyway. There's a easy, you know, they can get these... The director can sit in his own office in his house, yeah. turn on the movie, <clears throat> record what he says and email it. Like we're them. doing here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so, it's so easy, it should just be a feature. I mean, yes, maybe you can get the six main principal actors together, but you can get the director to speak for two hours. He just has to sure. sit. So I, whenever they admit that, I'm always like, well, these are, you know, we're buying Blu-rays and things. Like, they're collector's editions. We're supposed to be getting the features. Well, when you get a couple of shitty electronic press kit documentary-style things that are just... Maybe value extras too much, then, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. You know, and this they do say it's like a totally inappropriate edition and all that. To me, when I see that on the cover, I'm, I'm thinking, well, this is the full-featured edition, or there's got all the stuff that I want to see. Sometimes it doesn't, does it? Maybe they've done lots of surveys of people and found out that people don't listen to commentaries, you know, like... They're becoming less and less. Yeah. And I'm re- I get really pissed off when it's something like The Social Network. Something where I really want to hear David Fincher talk about. Yeah. And it's not there. It's like... Come on, like I bought this special edition of the social network. I guess though, as a person, David Fincher, he's made the whole movie, he's probably talked himself to death, and then he just maybe didn't have anything else to say. 
Truly. I mean, think about it. But I'm sure... Um, he can't just sit there and fake it or he'll go, oh, yeah, when we made this scene and thinking to himself, like, oh, well, I've said all this shit before, but whatever. Okay, when we made this, yeah, that guy was really difficult. Yeah, but... Uh, you know. You can say I've said all this shit before, but we've never heard it, so... Yeah, but I'm thinking, as a person, how motivated are you to disregard I mean, it's two hours of your life. It's I'm just sells saying. more Blu-rays. You know what I mean? The, fan, the fans of who want all these, yeah, they might look at it and go, oh, "There's no commentary. I'll wait for the next one when there is one. You know, the next special edition." I don't know. It's becoming like it's becoming like when DVD and Blu-ray first came out. It, they it stuffed the it. With, with, they yeah. stuffed everything with. This is a six-disc edition with tons of extras and. Five hours of this and two hours of that. It's becoming less. Since Blu-ray came out, it's becoming less. DVD, they really went to town with stuff. I don't know why. I think it's just... DVD oh, was so different from VHS. I mean, it yeah. was like a world so apart. So we could fit all this in. Yes. Blu-ray, to me, is just like oh, one little baby step up. <laughs> just better picture and sound. Well, and then they're kind of like... Um, There's not much else different about or, it. Or... On some of these catalogue movies, they're just taking all the extras from the DVD and yeah. plonking them on, which is like, oh, I already had the DVD, I've seen all this stuff. Anyway, um, thanks to Warner for the Blu-ray, and uh, you can enter a contest if you go to com. Next week's Blu-ray review will be uh, Tree of Life on Blu-ray. Guaranteed. I haven't got it yet, so it's not... not you have an extra guaranteed. day, sort yeah. of. I mean... Yeah. I mean, it hasn't arrived yet, but then again, Fox don't send them out until release day, so, and that'll be tomorrow, so I'll probably get it tomorrow. But anyway, it's not 100% guaranteed, but I would say it's about 90% on that one. Mm. Um, movie tagline fun. Yeah? What is that? Why do I always have to explain it? Okay, movie tagline fun. Is it fun, first of all? And second of all, it is one of us... Every other week we trade back and forth, we pick a movie tagline, we say it to the other person, and you have to guess the movie and you can play along at home or in your car by hitting pause after I've said the tagline alright do it are you ready ok don't look you don't, don't know it without looking no I forgot completely actually you only wrote it down 15 <laughs> minutes ago ah, ah, ah. um trust a few fear the rest a few good men no trust but- a few Fear the rest. Is it uh, from the 80s? No. What year? What decade? Not year. The new millennium. First 10 years of... So, last decade. The two, many, what do you call them? From 2000 to 2009. The yeah, whatever. Can I have a clue? Uh, you have seen it. Uh, it is part of a franchise. <clears throat> Um, is it Fast and the Furious? It is not. <laughs> you give up? No. Okay. Is it horror? It is not. Trust a few. This isn't 20 questions. This is tagline <laughs> fun. <laughs> Trust a few. You just so desperately rest. want to get them, I think, sometimes. Trust a few for the rest. Is it X-Men? It, it is. is, yes. <laughs> that was just because the we original, watched X-Men yeah. recently. I was thinking of a group of something. Exactly. I was going to say it's like an ensemble group nice. hero thing, but then... Uh, I win. That was X-Men from 2000. Yeah. So. I, I didn't like that one very much. Yeah. Halle Berry was responsible for that. That wasn't hit. it. Oh, yeah, Halle Berry is in that. Oh, yeah. 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 Halle Berry kind of ruined it for me. I don't know why. I think Catwoman came out around that time, too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I was just on a... Anti-Halle Berry kick. I still am. All these years later. <laughs> um, 
Well, okay, you win. so I win. What? I win. You win Cash nothing. Prizes. You win some curry later. All right. So um, movie recommendations for this week. I went for Office Space and Swimming with Sharks. For obvious reasons. Office Space because uh, workplace drama. I was trying uh, humor. I was trying to think of one. And Swimming with Sharks because it's awesome. And uh, there'll be a lot of that's new- Kevin Spacey. There'll be a lot of uh, people who haven't seen that and one. And it is the other side of a job that is just fucked up. Like, being a person working in a job that's just insanely... Yeah. What was the other, what's the other one? Um, Glenn... Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. There's another one that you could... Glenn uh, Ross, Glenn Gary. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You can uh, also <laughs> Absolutely. put that there in that, in that Absolutely. category. Absolutely. And mine are, also obvious, but Extract. And I didn't particularly love it. But I want to revisit it, and I think that if you give it a chance, I think it will be better You do now. love that song. You, you I do. don't love it. Oh. No, I did not love it. I thought you loved it. No, I did not love it. Look, listen back. No, Extract, the other one. Oh, the other one is uh, 9 to 5. Yeah, I do love that one. Yeah, that's what I'm talking one. about. Yeah. I didn't say that one yet. Oh. I'm saying Extract, I did not love it, but I would like to see it again. Yeah, I didn't love it. Obviously, it's Jason Bateman, and it's a workplace thing, and that's where we were saying it's missing... And it also didn't have the deep heart thing. So, you know. And then the other one is 9 to 5 because it is about a plot to get rid of a boss that, or accidentally kind of something happens and, you know. And it's awesome. It's really awesome. I love that movie. And I probably have watched it 60 times in my life. You own it on DVD, I believe. Do I? I think so. (gasps) Awesome. So that's my recommendation. Dolly Parton. Willie Tomlin, Jane Fonda, it's freaking amazing. All right, so say. moving on to games and Ace Scully stuff. I was going to say Gene Hackman, but it's not Gene Hackman. No. It's the other guy. So I played a few games this week. First one being um, Rage. You saw a bit of Rage, didn't you? I've been playing, funny thing, I got, it, I got Rage on the PC. And then I got it on Steam. And then the evening of its release, I unlocked it. And it didn't work on my PC. It just kept closing. So the day after, I thought, well, maybe they'll patch it or there'll be a new driver. Because you know, PC's a weird thing, isn't it? It's either, oh, a new game comes out. Oh, you better update your graphics card drivers or your sound drivers are out of date or something. So I thought, oh, maybe there'll be some new drivers for the video card the day after. And then there wasn't. And then it wasn't working properly. And then I went, oh, screw it. And went and got the 360 version. 360 version is smooth, runs smooth as silks, fantastic. Then a couple of days later, the, they got new NVIDIA drivers, and the PC version started working. How much money you spending on this game? I have to say, <laughs> like $100 for those two. I have to say, though, that um, the PC version is the better version, obviously. But what they did on the 360 is unbelievable. Carmack, who... John Carmack, who makes these new engines, and this is id's fifth engine, id Tech 5. He's got a super high-resolution, open-world game running on the Xbox 360 at 60 frames a second. Nobody does that. It's really... I don't know how he does it. Because the Xbox 360 is underpowered at this point compared to the PC. PCs... Yeah. The PC can be... Depends 100. on the PC. Yeah, but the PC can be a hundred times more powerful than an Xbox at the moment. And the Xbox is running this game, no problems at all. Super smooth, never drops frames, never goes slow, looks amazing. He knows um, what he's doing. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, I, I bow to him for that. It's really I like good. that desktop picture you've got. <laughs> it just so, popped up. 
So this is an ID software who made Doom and Quake. Um, there are loads of Easter eggs in this game. You, there's a level from Doom, there's a level from Quake, there's a level from Wolfenstein in the game, just randomly. When you first get your first buggy at the beginning of the game, it's, it's after an asteroid has hit Earth, and it's like a Mad Max-style future wasteland. Um, when you get into your first buggy, there's a Doom bobblehead on the dashboard. There's a lot of throwbacks to ID games. Um, the first person you meet in the game is John Goodman. He does some of the voice acting. He's... Not as John Goodman. Yeah, it's really weird because John Goodman's voice <laughs> is a large fellow. It comes out of him. It's, very, it's a big voice. Like, and the guy oh. who's speaking in John Goodman's voice in Rage is like this thin, almost black fellow. So it's a bit odd. What does that voice. mean? Well, he's, he's like a, a mixture, a white and a black man maybe. What do you mean? Bald head. Like, a, we call it half-cast in England, but you'll say that's offensive. Yeah. Yeah, well... I don't even mean by almost what, black. What's the name? That's what so weird. What do you call it? Nothing. Mixed just race. Mixed race? But yeah, well, there's a mixed race man. he's almost white. <laughs> no, he's a mixed race person who's more black than white. I don't know what I'm saying. Then he's almost white. <laughs> he's not almost black. No, he's more towards black than white. Okay, then he's almost white. No, he's almost black. <laughs> Oh, that could be so offensive. But I'm saying it's John Goodman's voice coming out of this bald, essentially Ethnic? black guy. It just seems a bit weird. Like, it, it, like I would have made that character model resemble more like not look like John Goodman. Why? That, why? Because that fun. voice is. Uh, it's more fun. It's not though. a thin man's voice. It's more fun. No, it come on. It didn't work for me. So um, the game is really good, but it's going to get. A lot of people are complaining about it for technical issues this week. It's people just bitch all the time. It's really annoying. You have to... Like, the game is really good. If you like shooting games, which is essentially what it is, with a hint of driving. Driving's secondary to the shooting. It's really a first-person shooter like ID always make, but in an open world. Um, it's really good, satisfying weapons, everything feels good. It looks amazing, like nothing else you've ever seen. Obviously, they care about what how this looks. All I've heard all week is people bitching about, like, if you um, stand on the spot and turn around three times, some of the textures disappear behind you. Well, don't fucking do it. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not a requirement of the game. Yeah, yeah it's not. But you, but I, I've, I see people complaining all week, saying, the, text, the way the textures load in this game, if you look forward and then look back really quick, and then look forward again, you sometimes catch the textures loading in front of you. And I'd be like, well, now, why... Now, do you remember a day when that's all you ever got from a game? You yeah. always watched But I'm like, why game. are you even doing that? It's a shooter. Why are you looking forward, back, and then forward just to see if the game breaks? You know what I mean? It's like, obviously there are technical issues in games. All games. You could probably get any game to crash if you did the right thing. And this game... It's got this thing called Mega Textures where it loads lots of textures and it streams the textures. It gets rid of the ones it doesn't need and loads in new ones right. on the fly. Yeah, so when you're not looking, it's not there. Exactly. Which is a good tech to have, right? Because the, the, whatever you've got it on doesn't have to struggle. But as you do go around, since it's open world, shouldn't it just be there for you? And it is. But, if you're not fucking around. Right. Okay. What, what's behind you? What you've, what you've gone past in your buggy? is not there anymore. It takes it out of memory. So if you did happen to turn around super fast, maybe the mountain that you just drove past would not be there for a split second. But, jeez, I mean... So what? 
The way most people play, that they would never occur. Only if you're trying to make it happen. And that's all I've seen. Like, they read about this beforehand, and, and now they're trying made, to test then it. They, and then the, they get into the game and say, oh yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. I can't get past that anymore. I, I just... That just makes the game suck. Because every time I turn around really fast... That people happens. are pretty... Yeah, it's really... Poison, aren't they? Yeah. And, you know, I went into the game knowing that that was an issue. I tried it. It was an issue at the beginning. I turned around really fast and I saw it happen. But then I thought, well, okay, it does happen. It's an issue. If you want it to be. And then I just played the game as I would play it. And I never saw it happen again. Right, right. Because I never do that. I mean, who does that? Why do you run around in a circle really fast? You never do that. If you're playing a shooting game, generally stuff's going to come at you. You don't really... Stuff never really comes behind you. It's always coming at you. So why do you need to do that? Plus the game's designed in a way where you don't really need to do that anyway. Because they know the limitations of the tech too. It's just annoying to me. Like, stop complaining. Play the game. Have fun. It's a fun game. Well, then you need to stop complaining about movies that don't get your attention in the first 15 minutes. The other game I've been playing this week is uh, Ico and Shadow of the Colossus Collection, which is like a HD update of the old PS2 games, Ico and Shadow of the Colossus, all on one disc, redone in HD, redone 7.1 sound, and they've got trophies, so it's brought them up to date to a modern game. You saw um, Shadow uh, Shadow of the Colossus playthrough. I just love it. You also saw Shadow of the Colossus when we played through it on PS2 about three times. Three times. Much nicer on the PS3. I'm glad they took the time to remake these games because one of the issues with Shadow of the Colossus was it was kind of a game before its time. And the PS2 didn't have enough oomph to do it. So it slowed down a lot. There was times where it got really kind of janky, like you couldn't move properly because it was slowing yeah. down. They fixed all that, with the, obviously, because it's on the PS3. Um, I've seen this game, and it's a two-game collection, for $15 this week at Best Buy. It's a brand new game. I think that's a bargain. It might be the biggest bargain you've ever had for a video game. Because if you've never played these games, say you didn't have a PS2. It's a specific kind of games, though. But they're honest. possibly two of the greatest games ever created, really. Two of the funnest games I've ever watched. I haven't played them, but... I mean, they're like I said to you, like Shadow of the Colossus is like a work of art. Absolutely. The storytelling, there's... Just the thing of it. There's no <laughs> there's no voice the entire game, yet the whole story is beautifully realised. Yeah, there's Hello. nothing. I mean, it's literally like... The well, there's way, the... Yeah, there's nothing, though. There's nothing that you can understand, but you get exactly what the game is. You get why you're doing what you're doing. The emotion is there. Because it's pretty emotional. And it's spectacular. Yeah, I mean, I these colossus thing, colossi. They're monsters that you basically amazing. have to defeat. I want a whole movie. I mean, you had that also in the other game, the Colossus, wasn't it? Or what are they called? The great big woman climbing up the mountain. God of War. Yeah, where the, yeah, those. Gaius. Yeah, something, something massive. Like, I mean, these are living pieces of earth with. Some armor and some, well, it's like rocks and things on them, and they're massive. And your job in this game, Shadow of the Colossus, is to down. bring them down, and it usually involves figuring out how to climb. But wouldn't up it them. be amazing? Take Transformers quality of stunts and um, special effects and make a Colossus game a movie. There was going to be they, a movie. A mountain comes up alive, and then it's humongous and it's terror. It's like. 
they're coming to save humanity or something. There you go, people. A couple yeah, of years yeah. ago, the Give movie was um, <clears throat> optioned and all that, and they bought the rights to it. One of the co- and never nothing ever happened. I don't mean that that story. I mean having it a whole different thing where you're not trying to kill them or something, but it's kind of like a, I don't know. They're just amazing to me. I like it. So you yeah. can make it in the <clears throat> Avatar kind of way as well. So you can pick that up. I've seen it at Best Buy for 15 bucks. It actually costs 40 bucks, but even at 40 bucks, it's two awesome games. I mean, plus you get a bunch of extras. Why would you pay 40 if you can pay 15? I don't know why it was 15 so quick. It was just some kind of deal at Best Buy. It's probably ended now, though. Mm. I usually do. Um, this week's games that will be coming out that I'll talk about next week is Forza 4, which is a racing game from Microsoft, which is a big deal. Dead Rising it's 2. Kind of a big deal. Dead Rising 2 off the record is out this week, tomorrow. That is Dead Rising 2, but from the point of view of the guy from Dead Rising 1. So it's like a what-if scenario. Pretend Dead Rising 2 never happened, but the guy from Dead Rising 1 came forward to do the... Like, forget... Do you remember Dead Rising 2? Chuck Green. Forget Chuck Green. The Because what they did in Dead Rising 2 was they've... The, the protagonist the, the daughter was the number two yeah. and the first one was the photographer, photographer. okay yeah so forget Chuck Green with the daughter forget his scenario how about Chuck Green from the first one lands in that same place without this guy just him so it's his version of Dead Rising 2 but it was just him the first time right no 2 Dead Rising 2 I know, but you're saying the guy from the first one lands... In Vegas, which where the second oh, one Oh, same is. place. Okay, I get you. Yeah. I get you. Okay. And it's a whole different story. I bet they'll crisscross paths. Um, it's... A, they're calling it a what if. So it's... I don't think you're supposed to... You either believe that Dead Rising 2 took place and play that one, or you play this one and believe this is really Dead Rising oh, okay. 2. You get okay. what I'm saying? It's a different version. So they dug Las Vegas, but nobody liked the daughter man story. Correct. And now they want they to wanted go back photographer to... guy back. Right. <laughs> they wanted the photography mechanics, which was fun, taking photos of the zombies, remember? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's Frank West's version of Dead Rising 2. It sounds fun to me, because Dead Rising is really fun. Hacking and chopping the zombies and... Going in the stores and With that time thing with the daughter and the shot. So it seemed really... Ugh, to me it was restricting yeah um, so we'll see what that's like um, I also wanted to mention here that uh, Steve Jobs died this week of pancreatic cancer age 56 and all I've heard all week is Steve Jobs Apple computers Steve Jobs um, iPhone Steve Jobs I wanted to mention Pixar mm, right. which Steve Jobs was a founder of um, and still involved in up to his death and we're a movie show and Pixar means a lot to us so, Steve Jobs brought us Pixar, I mean... Essentially, yeah. Yeah, so... And I've not heard much mentioned about Pixar. Everybody talks iPhone, 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 you know? Yeah, I mean, Pixar never could have existed without the computer no. power that he was there at the And the money, and, and from... We can't say he invented <clears throat> any of this shit, because no. he doesn't do that. He's not a programmer, he's not a designer, he's, he's the idea, money, and the whip-snapping guy, I guess. The way it sounds, yeah. you know, kind of like the get it done kind of guy so but yeah Pixar it's a young age for any you know unfortunate that he and he's probably suffered a lot I knew something fishy was going on a few weeks ago when when he stepped out completely and I said oh we'd not seen not seen him at all like he hadn't been at anything there's no photographs of him and he was always in the public eye and then he was not anywhere and then it's like he he hung on till he just couldn't I think he must have obviously he was suffering 
he must have looked bad. He didn't go to press conferences. He didn't have his photo. I saw a picture the other day, and they say it was possibly the last public photo ever of Steve Jobs, and it was several months before, but he looked... He like, didn't look 56. He looked really sure. thin. He looked drawn. He looked, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't look well to me. I mean, he sat on a curb. Did you see it, the one where he sat on the sidewalk? Mm-mm. He was sat on the sidewalk writing something down on a, on a pad of paper, which was interesting. He wasn't using an iPhone. Right. But uh, he didn't look well, you know. And obviously he wasn't. It's just, it does show you, man. Nature doesn't give a shit who you are or what you have or anything. You are at the mercy of life and death. And that is it. It doesn't matter that he had enough money to get his transplant that he needed or that he probably had no. the best doctors mm. in the entire well, he planet. He, he spent a lot of there's money on no, There's no outrunning it. Like, And, you know, it's a sad, but should be a motivating lesson to learn. Somebody had um, graffitied on the sidewalk outside um, an Apple store, um, Steve Jobs, the future has lost a friend, which I thought was a very right awesome way of putting it, you know? I mean, don't graffiti on the sidewalk. But <laughs> in this case, outside yeah. his store, maybe it was okay. <laughs> but um, Kevin Rose upset? He's a big Apple dude, his name. I think, I, actually, I've never seen this kind of... I mean, it's Steve Jobs. It's a guy who runs a computer company. You know, he's like Bill Gates or whatever. But it was almost like it was Brad Pitt who had died. Somebody who everybody knows. Because, yeah. like, he's just a, he's just an executive. But he's the face, man. He's yeah, exactly. But do you get what I'm saying? It's the first time I've ever... If the boss of... If Bill Gates died, though, that would be a big deal. But people aren't beloved. He's not beloved. No, like. this guy's beloved. Like, I'm saying if the boss of, like... um Chrysler cars died nobody would re- in the public eye would pay attention they would just be like It'd okay be some guy on CNN and yeah, the stocks would go up or down yeah, but this yeah. was literally like all the, I was there when it happened the second it happened um, on Twitter all of a sudden my whole feed turned to like Steve Jobs RIP Steve Jobs I was like wow like um, my whole feed is covered in it I mean yes I know all these people are probably on Max and they techie people yeah exactly but, but I've never seen such a for essentially an executive of a company. Like, well, no, that's not fair. Because, I mean, he's the driving force behind all the ideas, but he's not the ex- execution. Exe- he doesn't execute them. He just, he's probably, like I said, he's the whipsnapper. Right, but like, you know, the execution, the guy who does execute the iPhone for makes... Yeah, you'll never know if he dies. And if he does, nobody, it's not going to be that kind of outpouring on um, him. The programmers who make it possible for your iPhone Correct. to do all the things it does, you will never know. You don't know who they are. It's always the same. Isn't maybe it? they do. Maybe those people have fan clubs <laughs> that we just don't know about, you know. Anyway, so that's pretty sad news. Um, and the other thing is, do you remember the other week when I said that Netflix was splitting its um, service up to include Netflix was just going to be streaming? And Quickster, this new company, was going to be DVDs and games by mail. Well, this morning, the CEO issued a press release saying he's not doing that anymore. <laughs> so that lasted Too two weeks. Too much backlash. Too much backlash. Um, so he said he, he underestimated what the Netflix brand and name meant to everybody out there. How could you possibly underestimate that? And That's he's, insane. He's not lo- the price will still apply... You pay the $7 for DVDs and the $7 for streaming. So it's like $14 or $15 in total instead of 
the seven. Oh, they are keeping the DVDs. That was part of it. They were dropping that altogether. Yeah, they're not dropping them now. They're part of Netflix. How could the executive of a corporation not understand that even I, when I'm in the pool at the YMCA at seven in the morning and there are a bunch of old ladies swimming around and doing their little exercises and I overhear because I eavesdrop on their conversations, that they have this Netflix thing, and that, oh, isn't it nice that I can watch this, and I watched Andy Griffith, and isn't it nice that I, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, how can you under, how do you not know the power of what you have? You know why? Because people get this little itch, and they think, we got to change, we got to do this, we got to I think it was to do with finances. And, you know, how can you make more money than you're already no, making? No, not making more money. As, as... Treating them as two separate companies to make things simpler. Like, you know, all these deals are having to do with these streamers yeah. and stuff. It was to do with that. But I, I assume... Yeah, but if I'm Warner Brothers or I'm some video game company and you say to me, here's your option, Netflix or... Quickster. Quickster. And Quickster is now the subdivision and we're going to do this. And you're like, yeah, but everybody knows Netflix. It's red. You know the logo. You know the thing. Why would I want to... Ah. I think we'll wait and see, uh, you know, like, and I mean, I'm not a brand person. I think it's bullshit to, for everybody to brand themselves. But everybody However, knows Netflix. It works. I remember the original commercials for Netflix where the guy was in the front of the room and he had a bunch of like characters from types yeah, of I movies. That, yeah. And he says, romantic comedy, you're needed. You know, uh, medieval That was when they did not streaming. Right. It was nothing. And it, that sticks in my mind. So I get the concept of branding because I'm a... Should I say victim of it? <laughs> or I'm a, I'm a consumer of it. But that's the thing. Even I, you and I, we're nobody to them. And we get it. Like, never break up the name of... Don't say Pepsi. And now we're, eh, we're going to change and do this. And uh, No, Pepsi is what it is. So now Netflix is just Netflix. You pay the one fee for streaming, but, but the other fee for if you want the DVDs in the mail. A little extra amount if you want Blu-rays and... Apparently, another extra amount if you want video games. Right, I think that's totally reasonable. So, you know, even though worst Flix case scenario, it'll be thirty dollars a month for all of it. I'm assuming. But flicks, I guess, when someone's thinking games, it, yeah. But what's flicks to mean? You get it you quick. You get it quick, but still. Did the Napster guy get in on this stir part at the end of everything? <laughs> but anyway, forget Quickster. It doesn't exist. It's just Netflix, um, and that will continue until. Somebody buys them. And the off. HP pad didn't disappear, and now they're thinking of making more. So, you know, these big corporations might be finding a new method of advertising. Make it sound like we're doing some big, crazy thing, and then get a bunch of attention for it. And All right, so what have you got this week? What's for dinner first? Leftover curry plus birthday cake that I have actually ordered a small birthday cake for my our nephew, who turns 15 today. Just a little tiny cake, and it's going to say, May the Force be with you, 15. That's it, because I didn't call till today, so I couldn't really get much more than that. I wanted you to and get I wanted it to be... Tardis cake. Yeah, then we'll do that next year, maybe. Um, I just wanted it to be not a homemade cake, and it's always delicious, and I'll get some regular ice cream, and then I'll we're going to have our curry, and then make I'll make him some macaroni and cheese and whatever else he likes to go with it. And whatever else I have, I went to the Kansas City Renaissance Festival over the weekend with my mother, my niece, and my nephew. Which you mentioned before on this show. I have mentioned before, yes. And it was delightful. I really love it. I'm I'm not a Renaissance Festival uh, reenactor person. Like, we don't do the full whack uh, dress or anything like that. 
But I get it. Like, I totally get it. Unfortunately, I think, it has become massive. So there are hundreds of people, zombies, if you will, roaming around. And it's pretty crowded. And it was really hot and dry. So there's lots of dust and stuff. Which I don't mind any of that. But you almost can't see past the people to see the village. Because it's an actual proper built village that's there all the time. It's, you know, built there. And... You, it's full of all these people in jeans and talking on cell phones and all that. And it takes away. Even two years ago when, we, when I went for the first time, there were more people in costume and less people on the day we went. And it just seemed a little more user-friendly kind of thing, you know. But I get it. Like, I want lots of people to go so it stays alive. And yet when I go, I don't want lots of people to be there. So I think next year we'll plan to go on Columbus Day, which is today. You know, the... Because they do open on, and I ask three different vendors, what's it going to be like tomorrow? And they're like, oh, it's always dead on Columbus Day. Like, we hardly get anybody, and I'm thinking, ah, that sounds like a good day. Next next year will be the day when they decide not to do it on Columbus yeah. Day. Yeah. <laughs> or a lot of vendors might not go on that day. I don't know. But it's really, it's a joy to me because it's the whole package. We went and stayed in a hotel, um, you know, and <laughs> we went to a little park, with my mom, my niece had looked on the internet to find a park near our hotel, and it was called Riverview Park. And when we got there, there's like a really nice, um, really nice thing that kids play on, and we actually played on it. And there's swings, and there's like a little soccer field down below, but there was no river. There was a like a sewage processing plant kind of down and around so behind nice. some wood. It was out in the woods, kind of on the ed- outskirts of the city, but there was no river anywhere. So we were all just thinking that was funny, and. Just quality time. We had a nice Mexican dinner. Um, we One thing about the Renaissance Festival, like with anything like that, you know, there's there's a man behind the curtain always. Do you know what I'm saying? And when we ordered three glasses of mead, it was $21. And the glasses were a shade bigger than the Dixie Cups in your bathroom. And I'm not exaggerating. Maybe that and a That's half ridiculous. of that. Now, mom didn't expect that. We didn't look at the price or anything, you know. We just, I mean, it's the experience of it. And I don't mind. We we all take a certain amount of money and that's what we spend and that's it. But you just get, it's like a kick in the teeth and you get reminded. <coughs> like, that's all it's, it's all it's for. It's exactly like when you go to Disneyland. And yeah, absolutely. You, you walk in the little uh, shop and you say, I would like um, an ice cream cone. And they say, yeah, that's $7. Yeah, and, like, and I what? don't mind the people needing to make money. Because that's essentially what it's there for. But it kind of rips away at the... I don't know. You kind of want it to be a little bit fantasy. You know, and I took a picture of the ATM that they have there. And it has this little shack built around it with, like, Renaissance-looking stuff. And then tucked in the middle is this ATM, which is hilarious. But, you know, you gotta kind of... Very I guess, medieval. Get your mind... Renaissance. Is that medieval? On the tale of medieval period or whatever. Yes. But it's enjoyable, you know, and I and I appreciate people who put all the effort into the big costumes and the people who do love it and want to go for that. And I, you know, I would like it to be just a little, mm, I don't know, I got my hand with the henna thing on it and got in a conversation with the artist who is actually hired by a big company who contract out to these artists to go to all the different fairs, you know, so she's not... She's not this artist who's sitting there doing henna as her own small business or anything. She's just... That just makes it seem really... It does. Although, in her case, like, she's an actual artist and she was looking at the pattern I chose and she did it just right. Does it come off pretty quick? 
No, it should la- It can last up to a month if you let oh. it. If you don't scrub it or wash it off too much. You can't know, use hand it's on my hand. But I do. I did want, you know, I want a tattoo. I've wanted one for years. But then I think I don't know where I'd want it and what I could commit to. And would it drive me crazy? And I want to draw it myself. Just on here, on top of your arm. I don't want it there. I want to see it all the time. While I'm drawing, I want it on my right hand and arm. And so this will stick with me for several days and will it bug me and will it be a distraction and do I like it? And so I had a good, I had a wonderful time. I think it was dirty all the time. Yeah, well, I'm not you. So You know, like that dirty. skeleton hand. <laughs> that's not dirty. That's a tattoo. I mean, it looks a friend of mine like has a skeleton hand. Right, but that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not you. But I had a wonderful time. I bought several things and... I don't know. I just love it. I love getting away. I love staying in hotels. I love going in the pool. I went at 7 in the morning yesterday and swam around and went in the hot tub and there was nobody in there. There's like never anybody in hotel pools when I'm there. It's crazy. It's crazy. Because it's a wonderful feature. Like 6 o'clock in the morning is going to be nobody there. True. Mom and Austin had gone the night before, about an hour before closing, and there were several people, but they had a really good time. And so, I don't know. I love going places. I love coming home, but I love going places. I use the GPS. My lovely Tom Tom. Got us there and back. Got us to every place we needed to go perfectly. It's awesome. That's the idea. The lady at the hotel when we got there had gone on Google or MapQuest maybe and looked up the Renaissance Festival for us and printed out the two pages of instructions. And I didn't have the heart to say like, I have a GPS because it was a really nice gesture for someone in a hotel who didn't have to do that. Mom had just told her on the phone that that's where we're going. And so, I know, I just really enjoyed it. I love the drive. I love the <coughs> variety of stuff. I don't know. I just uh, had a good time. And next weekend, I will be having another good time with my friends. Excellent. All <laughs> right, then. Um, Meaning yeah. of life? What did I put? Don't be a kiss-ass. That's what um, horrible bosses Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so moving it's on. Not um, worth it. We got to an 90 minutes, around about. That's uh-huh. good. So uh, moving on, um, if you want to... Remind you, or I want to remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. Sidtalk.com is still under renovation and stuff. It's nearly mm, done. I'm adding more things, but it's set. Um, you can also catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, Zoom Marketplace for this podcast, or the iTunes Music Store, or just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, all your subscription needs will be met. Email feedback to me, aschoolie.com. Email sidtalk at sidtalk at sidtalk.com. But I can't email you because it's still being weird. <laughs> I keep it? getting those rejection letters. Oh, right, right. From, but they're from last week. I don't know what's going on. Um, and stay classy, Mr. Jason Bateman. Very classy. You do like him, yeah. And I'm going to say think for yourself because if you don't do it, you know somebody can do it for you. <laughs>